Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. And for the fall season, our host will be now known as G-Daddy Pumpkin Spice Yo. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from the recording studio built here in my home just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And it is wonderful fall weather. Wonderful. Absolutely wet. <laughs> just, but it's wonderful. Anyway, on tonight's show in Pipe Parts, uh, I've got a couple, I've got some potpourri. It's going to be a potpourri pipe parts. That's a lot of peas in there, so let's not try to say that too many times. Uh, but I've got a couple, uh, some news and some tidbits and stuff like that that, uh, that I want to make sure and get out there. And it'll take up all of pipe parts. And then, again, instead of having a guest, I've got uh, four, I believe, yeah, four recorded uh, interviews and visits with people from the uh, still left over from the Richmond Pipe Show, so you'll get that, uh, including uh, Chuck Stanion. So we get to catch up with Chuck a little bit, but you get four of those, and then and then that'll be the end of that. Uh, you know, it was a great great event. Glad glad I got there. Got a lot of uh, got a lot of good audio. So I just want to make sure and get through that. Um, I I do want to say you know the the uh, that the show's been going on for seven years. Uh, this is also, this is the first fall where I don't get to go to a football game and play uh, marching band dad or just watch the marching band. Um, yeah, my, you know, my daughter's working on her master's now and she decided smartly not to uh, march in the band. So this is the first time in seven years where I will not go to a high school or college football game. And can I tell you, I'm kind of happy about it. Uh, I'm kind of relieved that we don't have to, you know, make the trip out there. And then uh, with the with the college, the football team was not real good for a couple of years. Uh, with the high school, the game was, you know, the team was good, but yeah, again, it's high school football, and I, I'm let's just say we'll find out next year if I really miss it because I'm just happy that I get to uh, enjoy some of the fall weekends, uh, including uh, coming up in uh, two weeks. Well, 10 days from now. Uh, 10 days from now is the West Coast Pipe Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. Come out, see me there, and remember, if you come up to my table and tell me that you love the Pipes Magazine radio show, I've got a free gift for you. If you did that last year, you're going to get the same gift again. (laughs) There you go. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and uh, I also, <laughs> I also got accused of getting of not being in the holiday spirit for Halloween. So we'll have a little, uh, a little more Halloween fun coming up in the show. All right, for uh, for a potpourri of pipe parts, let's talk about the news that broke last week uh, that the Scandinavian Tobacco Group Lane Limited is going to close their factory in Tucker, Georgia. Um, and, and I'm going to say this, that I'm, I'm surprised it stayed open as long as it did. All right. I'm, I'm simply surprised. And here, and here's why at the, uh, at the facility in Georgia, what they manufacture there is captain black 
uh, BCA1Q, and a few other, all, you know, all the other lane-limited tobaccos. Uh, and then on the cigarette side, they manufacture Bugler cigarette tobacco. And then all those, they, they make a bunch of little cigars. Well, Scandinavian Tobacco Group is so large and so technically advanced that they have a little cigar manufacturing facility in the Dominican Republic, and they have one in Holland. Uh, and keep in mind, they also own the Cafe Creme and Nobel Cigar uh, Cigar Company. So they they've got these little cigar companies, and they and they've got this machinery. And at the same time, they have the Orlick, the old Orlick or STG pipe and uh, roll your own factory in Assens, Denmark. And it is about as state of the art as you can get. So you've got these factories that are doing duplicate things. Uh, from our standpoint, what does it mean as pipe enthusiasts? Uh, it may mean that, you know, that they're in, in particular Captain Black BCA 1Q, those lane bulk tobaccos. Uh, it may mean that, yeah, instead of them being produced and then, you know, they're, they're produced in runs anyway. So the difference is the run will take another six weeks to ship from Denmark to the United States. Uh, they can close this factory, increase efficiencies um, inside the company, ship them, and maybe even get uh, you know a little bit better quality control with some of the newer machinery. Uh, yeah, it's kind of sad because I think that building has been a uh, pipe tobacco factory since the early 1980s. Uh, but again, uh, from... It, it was it was to me it was just it was living on borrowed time really um and then they have the uh the general cigar portion of the company that works as an import and distribution company in the united states because they don't really make any premium cigars here so all that stuff can just come along with all the other stuff and they can shut down one full operation and kind of streamline um for us on the enthusiast side well it really doesn't affect us because uh the peter stokeby flake tobaccos were all produced in denmark um or yeah all the orlick tobaccos escudo all that it was already being produced in denmark it's really more the uh, the mass market or the uh, or the consumer tobaccos and then some of the Herman, you know, some of the Lane tobaccos that are a little more complicated. Uh, now, at the same time, I also understand that the first shipment of the Peterson, uh, the Peterson uh, Dunhill-esque name tobaccos are on the way. And let me tell you, just to clear up some confusion that may be out there, and you can share all this with all your friends and tell them I said so, and I happen to know a little bit more than what I'm talking about <laughs> sometimes. These tobaccos that are being produced that are coming under the Peterson name are the same tobaccos that have, were produced under the Dunhill name. The only difference is, is that they can't say the word Dunhill or Alfred Dunhill or the white spot on them anymore. That's it. It's the same formulas that you've been smoking since 2007, 2008. Identical product, just with a new... Uh, with a new brand name on top, same blend names on the bottom. All right, and then uh, and then to get caught up on one more small thing in this uh, potpourri of pipe parts, and this was interesting. Uh, I was on the phone with a radio show listener named Michael, and uh, we're uh, we're working on a cruise for him and his family, and he told me that he was that my. Uh, my discussion of being in Norway and going through the ship tour and seeing the tin of three nuns reminded him of when he was in France touring a, a champagne vineyard in Champagne, France. He saw a tin of pipe tobacco in their historical display. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher the name, but it's called Piper Heidsick H E I D S I E C K. Uh, it's called a plug tobacco champagne flavor. Uh, 
and there was a tobacco cutter there. And, and it's a beautiful metal tin. It's circa, you know, it's an older metal tin. And so he asked about it. And then they said, quite simply, well, when they were, when prohibition was going on in the United States and they couldn't sell champagne to the U.S., they flavored tobacco with their champagne and made it available for the U.S. market so that they could get a taste of champagne. All right. So you got prohibition era pipe tobacco flavored with alcohol. And this was absolutely the first time I had ever heard of this. Now, I'd had discussions with my grandmother about what her father did during Prohibition and how all the men made either beer or gin or vodka in their homes and then just shared it up and down the street. But here was a company in Champagne, France, that was making pipe tobacco out of <laughs> making pipe tobacco with flavored with champagne for the U.S. market. I have searched and searched and searched and can't find another incident of that. But that did make me wonder, was the prohibition in the United States, was that the first time we started seeing uh, a lot of alcohol flavors come out onto pipe tobaccos? And I know that you know prior to that, we had the rum flakes from you know, rum-style Navy flakes, but I can't find any incidents of it. So if any of you know of a Prohibition-era pipe tobacco that was made flavored with alcohol, please let me know. All right, uh, that's Pipe Parts for you. Again, comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. If you, uh, again, have any suggestions for the show, email me. All right, in just a moment, uh, the remainder and final of the Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers at Sutliff Tobacco event interviews. This is Internet Radio. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And to start off with, uh, the last person that I sat down with is my friend Chuck Stanion, doctor of pipes, doctor of philosophy, doctor of English. I don't know what else he's a doctor of, but... I don't know. He's he's like way smarter than I am, I will ever be, and um, and he's also curmudgeonly and lovable. So here's my uh, conversation with Chuck Stanion from the Sutliff Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers show. Sitting down with me is somebody who I know and know well, and doesn't need an introduction. But you all need to know that it's uh, Chuck Stanion, Doctor of Pipes, Chuck Stanion. Uh, doctor of philosophy philosophy of literature mm -hmm. right yes and uh, the last time we talked to you it's been a while you were working for some magazine that's possibly dysfunctional by now <laughs> yeah i don't believe it's around anymore <laughs> yeah but now you're at uh, smokingpipes.com and you are writing some i don't know i'll just put it in my words some killer blogs once a week twice a week i don't know how you know but anyway i get the email and usually i get it on a sunday and here comes something written by chuck or one of the other writers so take us through what the blog is well it's uh it does come out every sunday we send out an email where it pulls together everything we've added to the blog the daily reader, we call it, over the, <laughs> over the week. Usually it's four or five articles, six, and uh, and that's it. And you and you in particular, the writing that you're doing, what's is, is it some of your original fiction, some of your original Chuckisms, and, and then some historical stuff? Yeah, there's a little of everything I do. I, I do some humorous fiction, uh, and I, I do in-depth interviews with pipe makers. I, I do historical pieces. Did a piece on Mark Twain and 
Uh, Johann <laughs> Sebastian Bach. Well, wait a second. You also did your doctoral thesis on Mark Twain, so... Yeah, it, it didn't require a lot of research. No, <laughs> no. It's quite possible it might have just been two paragraphs written. I think I wrote it in a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to edit your thesis down from uh, 700 pages <laughs> down to... 1500 oh, no. words none of this was in the uh, in the dissertation Ooh, I, new this stuff. Was, no the mark twain article on on the daily reader is all pipe stuff Ooh. all pipe all pipe and tobacco that so, didn't make it into the dissertation <laughs> you, you didn't do a doctorate on mark twain and his pipes i should have i wish you'd been my advisor well it's not too late son <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where does the where does the inspiration come from? Do you, you, you just sitting around? Are you in the bathroom? You get an idea, and then poof, there you go. Or do you do you guys kind of plan out what you're going to write about? And well, we plan out some of it, and we're getting better at planning things. But it's sort of in the initial phase right now. So it's whatever strikes our fancy at the moment. And who else is writing on the blog? Andy Wyke. Uh, a colleague, excellent writer, fantastic human being. Way younger than you are. Everybody at Smoking Pipes is way younger than me. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you're also old enough that you have an autographed copy of the Bible. Yeah, but don't. I didn't want that on the radio. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Well, we'll we'll take that out later after we after we broadcast this. My first day of work, I asked if there was a thesaurus around, and they looked at me aghast and said. A print one? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you knew you were in a smart place because they knew that Thesaurus was a book and not a dinosaur. That's correct. <laughs> yes. See? That's smart people right But they there. were appalled that I would want a print copy. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is digital. There's not a file cabinet in that place. <laughs> well, that saves on the metal. Yeah, So, and also with your transition now, you're also writing and doing some of the pipe descriptions. And, yes, yes, and I'm learning. I had so much more to learn about pipes, and I still have so much more. How artistic some things are, and some of the pipe makers are... I truly didn't understand. When I got to smoking pipes and started to get into this art criticism style of looking at pipes... It really opened up a lot of avenues for me, and it ruined some of the pipes that I already owned <laughs> <laughs> that I now look at differently and don't like as much. <laughs> well, I'll take them. Then you don't have to look at them because I know you got some pretty good taste. Um, so is this your first time up here to the Sutliff factory? It is. So did you go on the tour and see the, uh, see the tobacco made? No, I did not go on the tour. Well, we'll have to arrange for a private tour for you so you can see where the tobacco comes and goes. That would rock. Yeah, there you go. All right, so the blog comes out. Every, every Sunday you get the compilation of what went on during the week, plus you get writing from you, Andy. Is there anybody else writing uh, in there? Truett Smith, another very talented writer. And, uh, yeah, things are just going great. We've got some a really good writing team right now. It's fun to see you back riding. I love your uh, sense of humor, even though some people don't think you're very funny. Uh, but then My again, wife. Yeah, I was going to say I'm not married to you, so <laughs> I don't have to wake up in the morning and look at that. Uh, but we, it's great to see you back riding and see you doing stuff. I'm going to surprise you with we're going to rehash your Fast Five final questions, so there's no right answer, no wrong answer to these questions, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Wait, I did this once. Yeah. Don't you, I get a pass? No. All right, go. What is your favorite pipe? Michael Parks Lavat. Ha-ha. <laughs> what is your favorite tobacco? McClellan Beacon. Yeah, well, rest in peace. Um, what is your favorite drink? Diet Pepsi. You're a hardcore man, aren't you? <laughs> Uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Either a book or music or both. Or a book about music? That could be. Or music about a book? I don't find movies restful. Well, apparently not. <laughs> that requires you to look at pictures. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. Uh, finally, uh, a favorite re pipe smoking related memory, maybe in the last uh, four or five years since you were first on the show? A hundred years ago? Well, that's going to take a moment of thought, Brian. Well, take your time. I think 
it was a hard move for us from uh, Raleigh, North Carolina to South Carolina for me to join Smoking Pipes. And when we finally found the house of our dreams and moved into it, and we had some lawn furniture and I was able to sit in our three acre yard and look at the trees all around us and smoke a pipe, I knew I was in the right spot. And there was no alligators coming up to eat you? None. Sounds perfect. Thanks, Chuck, thanks for sitting down with me. Thanks for taking time out of your show. Now let's see if we can get you in there and see you can see the factory. All right. Thanks, Brian. And from there, Chuck and I, I grabbed Jonathan Wood, and we got our own little private tour of the factory, and I got to go back and see what all they'd changed since the last time I wandered through there and uh, stick my nose into corners where I knew there used to be stuff hidden, and you know, I think they found all my hiding spots. All right, we'll be back in just a minute. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and I may have miscounted. We've got one more consumer, and then we finish it up with Matthew McCraney from McCraney's Pipe and Tobacco Shop. Uh, and again, I can't thank all these people enough for sitting down with me and uh, getting <laughs> getting away from their uh, for their pipe show for doing that. So, all right, here we go with the last two from the Sutliff Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers event, just back to back. So, tell us your name and where are you from? My name is Ray Cunningham, and I came out from West Virginia. Right out of the mountains? No, Panhandle, Eastern oh. Panhandle. Oh, oh, that's almost well, that's almost Maryland. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's almost Northern Virginia. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Not Maryland, Maryland through Commie. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you grow up in West Virginia? No, I was an Army brat, so I grew up around the world. There you go. <clears throat> so you got to see the whole world from a from a bassinet. Yeah. <laughs> now, is this your first time at a pipe show? Nope, this is the probably 10th or so. Okay. First time taking the factory tour? Yes, we're here, yeah. All right, give me your impressions. What, what were you thinking of the factory before you got here, and, and what's different now that you've gone through it? I've done factories of or like brewery tours and distillery tours and whatnot, so I thought it was going to be something a lot like that. And... I think it was pretty close to being a lot like that. It, it's I mean, a little more dusty from the leaf parts and everything <laughs> everywhere. But, yeah, it was just a, a mom and pop, you know, people doing what they love, and it was really nice. A little uh, a little different smell than, say, a brewery? Oh, yeah, a lot nicer. <laughs> the breweries, I, the smell of the mash and everything is not great to me, but all the tobacco parts, that was smelled very, very good. And while you were back there, they got they let you get in there and actually smell some of the different tobaccos and see some of the stuff in process, right? Yes, they had uh, bins set up with all kinds of different tobacco stuff in different stages, raw tobacco, processed, all the different types. Yeah, so you, you got to see it before when it was just raw leaf and then cut leaf and then blended and then going out the door in the in the packing area. Yep, correct. And it's amazing the difference because all the raw leaf coming in is so dry and compressed and stamped down into boxes, big giant cubes, and then they steam it and cut it and it comes out completely different. It's amazing. So they want to buy tobacco when it's perfectly dry because they want to pay the least per pound that they, they can. <laughs> But then in order to work with it, in order for us to smoke it, they've got to add moisture to it so yep. that it doesn't burn our faces off and turn to dust right away. Yep. Uh, you also went to one of the one of the blending blending seminars? I did. So who was at, who was at your blending seminar? Um, all three of them. Russ was there and Jeremy. 
And I can never remember the Danish guy. And <laughs> Perry Jensen. Perry Jensen, yes. So did they take you through all the, the the process of how they make a blend, or did they take you through how you can make a blend? They described different tobaccos. Um, each of them had their own specialty. One person talked about Virginia's, and one person talked about the Orientals, and one talked about um, I think he did Latakia and stuff like that. So, yeah. So did you get a chance to make a blend? And We did. They, they had blending tables set up with maybe 16 different basic tobaccos, and they tried to tell us about, you know, some of them are more sugary, some of them are more spicy, and let us just have at it, and we'd use our noses and try to figure out what would work. <laughs> so we'll find out in a few weeks after they all uh, sit and come together in the tins. Yeah, because you actually got to take a tin of whatever you made home with you. Yep, and they had this great machine that seals it down. I need one of those for home, so when you just open a tin and try a little bit, you can reseal it. I mean, it was fantastic. So so if your wife sees a case show up on the front porch of empty tins and a canning machine, <laughs> then she'll know why, right? Yeah, she did her own tin too, so that would be great. There you go. Now, you know, her blend's going to taste better than yours automatically. Obviously. I mean, she found the box of vanilla and put that in there too, so I mean, it's going to be completely better. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, we will finish this up with the fast five final questions no right answer no wrong answer just whatever comes to your mind are you ready ready what is your favorite pipe my favorite pipe is probably i don't know the brand but the very first pipe show i came to was a corpse event in richmond back Mm -hmm. before they stopped the first time and it's a double um plateau pipe it's like a desktop sitting the paper paperweight and the part that the stem comes out of is a plateau and then the it breaks down and goes into a little low arch and then the bowl comes up into another plateau and I, it was some gentleman was selling something he bought you know decades earlier and i can tell you what brand it was but it's a beautiful desk sitting paperweight of a bite it, do you actually smoke it occasionally or do you or is it just a, a trophy piece so i do smoke it occasionally and i was listening to some other pipe podcast it might have been yours and someone made the uh, pipe maker made the comment about if he wanted to just be art he wouldn't put a draft hole in it so if it has a draft hole in it the person who made it meant for it to be smoked so i made my mind up i was like well that's it so i smoked it no wood no wood sculptures here Yeah, no wood sculptures what is your favorite tobacco the vermont meat candy so you, so you like that smoky kind of yeah, sugary the, taste? It's got a nice little sugary um, maple flavor and then a little bit of the smoky barbecue smoke. Yeah, it's yeah. great. What is your favorite drink? Generally nowadays I've moved to just plain old Lipton iced tea. It just can't help quench your thirst and everything. If you want something a little extra in the evenings, a nice scotch. But drink more just plain old Lipton iced tea. Well, living where you do, you can just put some moonshine in your tea at <laughs> night and you know, go down to the neighbor and get some shine. Um, no. uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? I think we've settled on movies nowadays. It's just audiobooks commuting all the time and then just relax, just a nice movie. And they're all getting longer and longer, so now you get two, two-and-a-half-hour <laughs> movies to watch. Yeah. Standard movie, three hours later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then finally, do you have a favorite pipe-smoking-related memory? My favorite pipe smoking memory, I believe, would be um, the first time my wife finally said, I like this one. Can I buy it? And then <laughs> I got her her first pipe and then took her out and sat down and smoked it with her. And I thought that was that's a really good memory to like. All right. Now, who's got the bigger pipe budget for this weekend? <laughs> Probably her. If she wants it, we'll get it. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for sitting down with me. Thanks for taking time out of your uh, out of your pipe show weekend. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. Okay, so because it's so busy and you haven't been able to get away from the table, I had to come outside to find you. So I'm hanging out here with Matthew McCraney. And uh, Matthew, why don't you explain to everybody? First of all, your last name is McCraney. You work in yep. the store. And... Tell us your grandfather and then your father so everybody knows the rundown. Gotcha. So my grandfather is Tom McCraney and my dad is Todd. My uncle's Trent. And so I now. And it was your grandfather that started the store kind of as a retirement thing? That's right. He started it after becoming, he was a contractor down in Florida, built convenience stores. And then 
he used to hang out at an Edwards store and then decided one day he wanted to open his own. <laughs> and now here you are at 22 years old working in the really the store that he that he started. Yep, he actually built this building here with yeah. the maintenance crew of Park Road Shopping Center. Yeah. So all right, so this is your first time to the Sutler factory and the first really the first time doing a table at a pipe show cuz normally it would have been your uncle, right? Yes. Yeah, it would have been. My dad wouldn't have ever. Yeah. Well, your dad would have, but it would have been 20, 30 years ago. Right. <laughs> so it, I just kind of, I decided that we should probably go back to a show and just make our presence known again. <laughs> and the show's so big, you're outside in the in what's normally like a parking lot in a tent full of other vendors, and you got the blending seminar going on down the down from you. So, uh, first of all, how's traffic been out here? It's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. There's a lot more people than I had anticipated. Good. And so many people that you really didn't get a chance to even get away and get in and take the factory tour, did you? No, no, I couldn't. I couldn't step away because there's enough people. <laughs> uh, so sitting here on your table, you've got, you, you guys brought out some stuff that I see that is pretty cool, like some unsmoked 1960s era GBDs. Yep. Yeah, those are those are some rare ones that we don't you don't see them very often. <laughs> yeah, you want to let us in on how a retailer here in 2019 <laughs> gets a hold of you know 50 plus year old unsmoked pipes? For the most part, they just seem to find us. We just <laughs> we we don't really have to go looking for them. <laughs> okay, so he's not going to tell us any of his secrets, <laughs> but I got that. Uh, you've got some McClellan tobacco here that we're not even going to talk about, except to say that. You know that's pretty cool to bring out that much stuff for for a pipe show um, you guys were kind of famous for a lot of your bulk blends were based off of McClellan tobaccos right they were uh, about 90% of all the tobacco that we carried period was McClellan tobacco so when McClellan went away that was yeah it was it was a pretty big hit and I had to go through quite a lot of different tobaccos to find the new stuff so now, what are your more popular in-house blends? And let, let's talk about the let, let, let's talk about the elephant in the tent here, because <laughs> we're in a tent, might be a circus tent. Um, Red Ribbon was kind of an important product for you guys. Yes, it was. It was our staple. That was that was us. That's what we were known for. And now you've kind of tweaked a new, is it, is it fair to say tweaked and come up with a somewhat close variation called Red Stag? Yes. Yeah, it's it's the closest that we've found so far. There's not much else out there. And for you, that means that you're buying leaf and then you're modifying it, altering it? Slightly, yeah. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> <laughs> so again, he's not going to tell us many secrets, are you? No. How many hours does it take for you to slightly modify it? About three or four. Uh-huh. Okay, so there's a little bit of slight modification there. <laughs> um, what else do you... What other bulk blends have you come up with since then? So we've got our Virginia Perique, which is called Sterling Bridge. That one seemed to be pretty popular. Um, Jamestown, which is a Virginia Burley. And then we have Highland Mixture, which is supposed to replicate um, Frogmorton Cellar. Then we have a couple others. Cavendish Court is just a blend of different Cavendishes. And Bannock is like a, it's Virginia Perique with a little bit of Latakia. When you're blending stuff like this that's trying to go after something, I mean, are, you, are we talking like multiple versions that you took shot that you took a shot at and yes. hours and days and months of going back and retweaking yes for the most part there's a lot of wasted tobacco because <laughs> <laughs> i don't get it right the first time ever what do you do with it with the tobacco that's wrong just say, oops bye bye <laughs> usually i'll just uh I'll give it to a regular customer that won't mind smoking it. <laughs> <laughs> do you ask for their opinion on it while they're smoking it? or No, I'd just... rather not know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so multiple variations over time, and this has been going on now for, what, a year and a half for you to get just these few replacements for what you guys carried? Yep. Yes, yeah. It, it's taken a long time, and 
the newest one that we have is actually Argyle. It's a full English blend, and that one took the longest to try to figure out because I just couldn't get it. But probably because Latakia sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, but that's just my opinion. Um, and, and then of course you're also working in the store at the same time while you're trying to do this. So it's not like you're just sitting there blending all day. Blending yeah. all day, yeah. Because I don't think your dad would let you just sit around and blend all day while he took care of everything in the store no no he wouldn't let me do that <laughs> no, no um but if you do come to the store you know i've invited anybody that's coming into the area give me a holler when you're coming through and we'll come and meet at mccraney's i've done it you know three four times with different people and this is you know your store is kind of my uh when i'm when the wife wants me out of the house <laughs> it's a good place to come <laughs> it, it's my it's my safe place to go so it's great to see you here. Thanks for uh, taking a little bit of time. Anytime. Thank you. And as you heard, I had to switch to my little tiny portable microphone to go outside and get Matthew McCraney, but I wanted to, wanted to get his impressions. And you know what? He didn't even get a chance to go into the tobacco factory, really. So sorry for him. Uh, good for us because the show was busy. I talked to a couple of my pipe maker friends and they all said, yeah, we, we sold good. There was people there all day long. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show yet, but Sutliff tinned up some of that McClellan 5100 and they were selling it for uh, $20 a tin and they ended up donating $3,620 to their local JDRF chapter for uh, the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, which many of you radio show listeners will be familiar with because that's who we do our annual auction for and uh, you know, helps uh, help find a cure for uh, type 1 diabetes and you know, people like my daughter. Um, I've also heard uh, two rumors. Well, one's, one's fairly... From, One's fairly sure. Uh, They've already set the date for next year for the Sutliff Conclave Pipe Smokers show. And from what I understand, it's going to be right back at the same place, same venue, same idea. And I'm trying to find the date real quick, but I believe it's October 3rd next year. Yeah, October 3rd. So start planning. uh, Start planning for it. Start figuring out a way to get there. I can't. Uh, I can't recommend it highly enough. And also, if you can't get there, I've heard a rumor, and it's probably ninety-nine percent true because I'm going to say it here. Sutliff still has some of that McClellan fifty-one hundred, and they're bringing it to the Chicago Pipe Show. And again, the proceeds are all going to JDRF Research. So at the Chicago Pipe Show this uh, next spring, yeah, we got to get through uh, fall and winter first, but at the Chicago Pipe Show this spring, they will begin selling it on Saturday morning of the show, and I believe they were limiting everybody to five tins each, no more than that, 20 bucks a tin, and, you know, it's going to age, it's going to age better and better. Uh, if you remember, I, uh, talked about a, a, tin of tobacco that I found that I had done some blending with. Well, also in that was just three and a half ounces of straight 5,100 that I jarred in November of 2010. And I opened that up this past week and I've been really enjoying that. So that's nine years in a jar. Imagine what a couple more years will do in a tobacco tin. And that's going to be at the... Uh, at the Chicago Pipe Show. Uh, this will be the point where I will pitch you to try to get yourself to a pipe show. I mean, I can't express it enough how much fun it is, how much uh, how much learning goes on, even at the, uh, at the smaller shows at uh, St. Louis, Columbus. Uh, I heard the Texas Pipe Show had a great turnout and a great time there in Dallas. Uh, the West Coast Pipe Show and, of course, the big one at uh, in Chicago. You get to talk to so many different pipe makers. You get to talk to so many different people, and you get to share ideas and opinions, see different pipes, see different tobaccos. You know, I was 
just a, a, a small example, I was very happy when I opened up this jar. The, the tobacco, uh, the 5100, was good. So on Sunday, I took it to my local pipe shop, my local pipe club, and shared it around. Well, at a pipe show, you get that same thing where you get a chance to try tobaccos that maybe you'd never get your hands on or try tobaccos that you've been wondering whether or not you might like it but didn't want to pull the trigger on a whole bunch of it. So somebody shares a bowl with you or you know, opens up a tin and shares it with you. Well, you get a whole chance right there just to sample it and you find out maybe, hey, that wasn't the tobacco for me, you know, uh, or find out that, yeah, you know, I really like that. Uh, just looking at all the different pipes, you get a, uh, you get a deeper appreciation for the artisan pipes and some of you know, some of the people that are walking around at these shows with their favorite uh, with their favorite vintage pipe or you know old you know, antique pipe. Uh, I still get a big kick out of looking at the Meerschaum collectors that are displaying at Chicago and looking at some of the intricate details and stuff like that. So, all right, that, that's enough rambling with me on pipe shows. You know how I feel about them. I want to see everybody get to one pipe show at least. So you've got the West Coast, the Midwest, the East Coast all represented. Uh, and you've got you know, the whole winter to start planning for your first pipe show. Um, again, the first one, you know, uh, St. Louis is in February. And then the Taps Raleigh show is in April. And then May is Chicago. And you know, it just starts rolling on. So start planning your way there. If you need any advice on travel, you know, I can't really help you. I can't book travel domestically for you and save you any money but if you want some advice on the best way to travel domestically and save some money just email me get a hold of me brian.levine at mei-travel.com or brian at pipesmagazine.com i'm more than happy to give you my opinion on how you can save some money or not spend any money that you don't need to so there you go all right, coming up in just a moment, uh, music for the holiday season, mailbag, and I'm going to try to pull off a rant rave all at the same time. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. This is Internet Radio. And welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. And uh, I did want to mention, and McCraney's wanted me to mention, that all their bulk tobaccos are, are available by mail order. So you can go to McCraney's.com, and I think they sell them as small as like two ounces at a time. Uh, or, you know, listen, if you're coming through the Charlotte area, give me, a, give me a shout. If I'm in town, I'll meet you at McCraney's. We'll sit and have a pipe together. All right, for music, we're getting into the holiday. Uh, well, Halloween is just a week or so away, depending on when you listen to this. And we know how we, we all know how I feel about scary movies and all that stuff and Halloween. All right, I like the day of Halloween. I don't like doing all the decorating in advance and, you know, doing all that stuff, but I like the day of Halloween. There's no really good songs for Halloween, there's some great stuff that I've got saved for next week's show. Thanks to my friend Dino. Uh, but this week for music, we are simply going to uh, Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. And it's a song called This Is Halloween. And I like it. It's fun, scary, awkward, weird. So we're kicking off the Halloween, uh, the, uh, the Halloween spirit a little early. And again, it's 
This is Halloween from the Tim Burton movie, The Nightmare Before Christmas. haven't seen a nightmare before christmas it's uh, it's quirky odd and fun <laughs> just like a lot of uh, tim burton stuff what in the hell you've got mail in the mailbag and remember if you have comments or questions you can post them right on pipesmagazine.com on the uh, pipes magazine radio show page just like ira the writing rabbi did he wrote hi brian didn't get to comment last week but i've really enjoyed both shows from the sutliff core event wouldn't mind at all hearing the rest. Uh, just wish I'd been there. I'll take as much bing as you want to play. Never gets old cheers, Ira. Well, there you have it. The remainder of the uh, Sutliff Conclave of Richmond pipe smoker stuff. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep, I'll, I'll keep working more bing in there. And then Casey Ghost writes, Really good show. The various people you brought on the air were quite good and well-spoken. I really had to laugh at the guy who is very complimentary to Sutliff folks, and for good reason, and couldn't help but think of my good friend Mike McNeil. Uh, he had no more give people a tour of his factory than he would take a vow of silence. <laughs> yeah, Mike was famous for not letting people into the factory. Uh, if you uh, If you were a local retailer and you wanted to come and pick up stuff there, they would meet you at the front door. Uh, if you were a, a local hobbyist and you wanted to come in there, they would meet you at the front door, and that's as far as you got. Uh, and uh, 
you know, you just didn't get in there. Um, and, and I sometimes wonder why, <laughs> but I can't imagine Mike with a vow of silence, not for too long. Uh, and I will say, yeah, you know, the, the people that I brought on were quite good and well-spoken. Yeah. And I think most pipe smokers are, uh, well-spoken and quite literate. Uh, I had a few people that declined the offer primarily out of probably out of microphone fear, um, or fear of not hearing, you know, not wanting to hear their own voice recorded. Um, or, you know, maybe they, their wives didn't know where they were, but no, I think most pipe smokers, uh, again, I think I've talked about this in the past. Most pipe smokers are, uh, literate, you know, tend to be more literate than the average population. Most pipe smokers are deeper thinkers than the regular population. Uh, and most pipe smokers are more, uh, spiritually inclined than, uh, than the general population. So there you go. Uh, and then my friend Jim, who uh, comes to Charlotte a couple times a year, writes, and I apologize for missing this, but uh, got hammered with emails a while back. Uh, he writes, hi, Brian. I seem to remember that you like Lovats. Is that true? Sandblasted in particular. I also prefer sandblasted and rusticated over smooth as well. I've only had two Lovats so far. What type of pipes do you typically like and why? I figure if I'm going to get a new pipe, I want to ask somebody with more expertise and history than I have. Let me know. Thanks, Brian. Well, as soon as I find somebody with more expertise than you, I will let you know. No, I'm kidding. All right. So uh, 10 years ago, you could have said that my entire pipe collection consisted of pipes that were between five to six inches long with a one and a half to two inch saddle bit and they were all straight Lavats or Lumbermans or short Canadians or uh, long shanked billiards. Uh, and again, when we're talking about a Lavat, we're talking about a pipe that is it got a one, uh, one inch to two inch stem. All right. If the stem starts to creep over two, two and a half inches, I think the pipe becomes a billiard or even a, you know, like a Bing's favorite or something like that. Uh, the reason I like the Lavat, well, first of all, nine times out of 10, it comes with a saddle bit. So I like that. Uh, I like the saddle bits because they rest easier in the back of my mouth, and that's because of my natural overbite. I like the look of the length of the shank being the wood or even bamboo. All right. If it's, you know, again, if the, I like the smaller, I like the shorter stem. And if it's a bamboo or if it's a wood shank, I like the way that looks. I like to see less stem and more wood. All right. Um, I prefer sandblasted because one, I think they smoke cooler because you've got, less weight you know, you've, you've got more surface mass for the pipe to cool faster um i think they weigh less because the pipe maker has sandblasted away a lot of the wood so they're more comfortable to clinch um, i like sandblast because you know i set the pipe down on my desk anytime i want and i'm not worried about it getting scratched up or I'm driving with it in my car, balancing in my ashtray, and a smooth is going to get scratched up a little more than that. And uh, for the first time in this show, I'll uh, light my pipe and take a puff. Didn't want to get through the show without having a uh, <laughs> without having a, a lighter flick in there. Um, I like I just like the size and shape and appearance of the Lavat. Uh, the Lavat or Lumberman or Short Canadian is also a little more difficult for the pipe maker to find a piece of wood because you need that length of shank to be correct and you need it to be uh, not full of what, uh, what uh, Lee on Erk would call briar gremlins. So it's a little more, uh, uh, a little more rare piece of wood. I want, you know, I want to say um, if you're looking for a brand i can't really help you out um i have several different lavats and when i look at especially an artisan pipe maker 
that's kind of my benchmark for what a you know the first time I'm looking at them I want to see what they're doing with their Lovats because I want to see if they're doing the balance uh, you know if it balances right if it looks right if the stem is right I kind of use that as my benchmark for grading a pipe maker with on a Lovat or a short billiard or you know whatever you want to call it um Every company in history has done a Lovat of some sort. It just depends on where you want to be price range and quality wise. So just uh, pick one out and find it. Why do I like it? I like the shape. I like the design. I like the comfort of the short stem. And I like to see a lot of wood or bamboo on there. So there's my answer. Again, if you have comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, travel related stuff. I work with you to help find you the best deal to save you time and money. And I work with you all the way through the trip. So if you have a problem and you can't get it resolved locally, you have me as your backup and support to help you. And I work with you all the way through and it doesn't cost you any more. I get commission from whoever we book with. And I guarantee you that I will not book you into something that will make you pay more just so that I get the booking. So there you go. Reach out to me. Any questions, promise I'll help you. All right. In just a moment, I'm going to try to pull off the rant rave. There's nothing quite like a good book or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. Cowboy. Cowboy. And here it goes. I feel like the ice skater that's going to try something that's never been done before. But here is the rant rave, and here's where the story begins. And please don't tell don't tell her if I if you happen to meet her. But uh, my wife likes styrofoam cups. She likes the styrofoam cups with a lid and a straw, and she likes them for her diet coke or for her water, whatever she's drinking. She likes those. Uh, and we ordered some from Amazon. All right, Amazon. Uh, the way the way they came, you can't buy the cups and lids as a unit. You have to buy the cups separately, and then the lids separately. And the cups came, and they were fine. And then the lids came, and they were the wrong size, even though they said they were the right size. So you can't buy them all, cups, lid, and straw, all at the same time. You have to buy them separately, and apparently. You have to know some secret code in order to figure out what the what the ones are that match the other ones. And it, it anyway, we ended up returning them. Well, so the rant is Amazon. You need to your the Amazon suppliers. You need to figure out how to sell cups and lids together. Now, in order to get like fifty cups and fifty lids all at once, it was like forty eight dollars or something like that. Something crazy. So just on a whim, I stopped into our local Quick Trip gas station, which according to my wife, Quick Trip has some of the best styrofoam cups. And, we, and I know the styrofoam cups are not good for the environment and they're phasing, you know, most companies are phasing them out, but that's what she likes. She uses one cup for a couple of days. And again, don't tell her if you ever meet her that I told you about this. Uh, but again, Quick Trip has the ones that she likes. So I walk in a Quick Trip and I look at the people behind the counter and I said, Hi, I want to buy a whole bunch of cups. And they said, how many do you want? I said, well, I don't know. How many can you sell me? And said, about, uh, they said, well, how many do you want? They're 27 cents each. And I said, does that include the lid and the straw too? And he said, yeah, sure. We'll give you all the lids you want and all the straws you want. 27 cents each. So we bought 100 for $27 plus tax. <laughs> right there from Quick Trip. Didn't have to wait for delivery. Uh, got the lids that matched identically and got straws for them. And Amazon wanted like $48 for like 50 with mismatched lids and no straws whatsoever. So there you go. A big shout out to Quick Trip. If you're going to do any outdoor stuff and you want a whole bunch of cups, go into Quick Trip. They'll sell you the 32-ounce styrofoam cups for, 30, for 27 cents each. If you're going camping this fall or winter or whatever, tailgating, whatever, 
Go to Quick Trip. You can buy all the styrofoam cups you want for 27 cents each, lids and straws included. All right. Once again, comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. If you're on iTunes, uh, check your feed. I don't know what, something's going on goofy with iTunes, but if you're listening to the show, make sure that you hit subscribe and then all the shows will show up in your feed. If you're just unsubscribed, you may not be getting the newest. Don't know. I don't know. It's something weird going on with iTunes. Anyway, I want to thank those that uh, sat down with me at the Richmond show. want to thank the uh, Sutliff Tobacco Company for putting on a great event and for hosting me there. And thank you all for tuning in. Until next time. Clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Okay, I'm out of here.